Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello there. Welcome in to another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I am Ashley. It is so great to have you here and to be chatting with you today. I'm not sure if you are driving in the car or going on a walk or just hanging out at home, but I am really happy to be here in your ear chatting with you. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about something that I think is really, really fun. Uh, we're going to be going over five ways that you can increase your income right now. And this is a topic that used to stress me out. I When I used to think about like increasing my income, I think my brain would go to a place of overwhelm and not being sure how to do it. And, and I would just get really stressed out by the whole topic. But more recently, this is a topic that I love because I think I've worked hard to expand my mindset when it comes to you know, what's possible and how to earn money. And while I am by no means an expert on the topic and it is by no means a perfect process, it's kind of like this muscle that you start to flex and you start to work out the muscle. You start to stretch it. You start to give it attention, just like if you were working out your biceps or your quads or something like that. And over time, when you continue to be consistent with that practice of like stretching the muscle or flexing or working out the muscle, it gets stronger right? And now it's really fun for me when people say like, oh, I, you know, I need to increase my income or I'm not sure how I could make more money in my studio. And my brain immediately starts going like a million miles a minute. Um, and so I've, I've compiled five ways that you can increase your income now. And I am sure, I mean, I've got my outline here. I usually will not necessarily like script out the podcast, but I will, I will put my main talking points so that I don't get too far off track. Um, and I've got my five ways here that I'm going to go over. And I am sure that within these five ways, I will probably end up giving you even more than five ways. Um, but we'll see how it goes and, and we'll see what comes up in the in-between. Now, before I dive into today's topic, I did want to mention here on the podcast, this is something that I haven't talked about yet on the podcast, but I have been talking about it on social media. If we're not connected on Instagram, you should go find me over there and send me a message because I would love to connect with you. Uh, but I started a free Facebook community just for business-minded piano teachers. And the whole point of the Facebook community is to come together in community and to be able to connect with other like-minded um, piano teachers and talk business and dream about what the possibilities are and talk strategy and tactical tools and tips. So a lot of what we're doing on this podcast, but you'll actually be able to your, use your voice and I want to hear from you. And I want you to be able to connect with other teachers I know along the journey, there's been many points for me where I really wished that I had like a cohort or another group of, of people that were doing similar things that, that I was doing. And while I have been able to find that now in various forms, it's hard. It's really hard to find. And it can feel lonely on the entrepreneur journey, especially, you know, if you're as niched as we are, where it's like, I'm, you know, first a classical piano performer and also a piano teacher. And also I have these big entrepreneurial ideas. Uh, so anyway, the group is for you to connect with 
other business-minded piano teachers. And so far it's been so much fun. I've really enjoyed getting to know every single person that's in there. Um, and just hearing what you've been up to, learning about your struggles here, like celebrating your wins with you. It's been awesome. So the link to that Facebook group is in the show notes. It's totally free. And I would love to have you there if you want to join. All right, let's dive into today's topic. Uh, the first way that you can um, increase your income right now, and this is something that I have talked about on the podcast, I will try not to get on a soapbox about it, um, but is to raise your rates. Now, I do talk about this a lot because piano teachers as a whole, from what I have seen in the industry, are chronically undercharging. And it's a huge issue because not only is it bad, it's bad for the entire industry. It's bad for you if you're undercharging. It's also bad for your entire community of piano teachers that are around you who might be trying to raise their rates. Um, it's also bad for the entire industry at whole because when people undercharge and undervalue their services, we you teach people in the world to undervalue piano lessons. And so if, you know, a parent, imagine a parent is out and about shopping for piano lessons and they're looking at websites and everything that they find is like $40 an hour or something like that. If they come across your rates and you're charging double that, which is a much more fair rate, $80 an hour, they're going to be shocked and they will think that that is too high of a rate. But imagine if a parent were out shopping for piano lessons and every single website that they came across was charging $80 an hour. Not only is that better for all of the teachers because the teachers are making more money, it's also better for the industry and it's also better for the parents because the parents place more value on the piano lessons. They take it more seriously. They start to prioritize that activity. Uh, one of the complaints that I hear a lot is that parents don't prioritize piano lessons and they will constantly reschedule piano lessons or cancel piano lessons for other activities. That's because the other activities have more value to them. And part of that is the price. And part of that, it's a lot of stuff. I'll get off my soapbox, raise your rates. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple of examples of this. So one of the things that I often will say is like, imagine that you're tired and you know, you're undercharging and you feel a little bit depleted of energy. If you were to double your rates, you might lose half of your students. And I know that that is an extreme measure, but imagine what your life would be. If you doubled your rates and you lost half of your students, you would be making the same amount of money for half of the work. Mind blown, right? I remember when I first heard that and my, I was like, oh my gosh, my mind is totally blown. I could be making the exact same amount of money for half of the amount of teaching. Um, so I'm not saying you need to go out and double your rates right now, but it's certainly something you can do. And I would say that 98% of teachers that I meet could definitely double their rates and it still wouldn't be crazy what they're charging. Um, I heard, uh, I'm not sure if any of you listen to or have read any of Rachel Hollis's books. Um, I listen to her podcast occasionally because she does a lot of episodes for entrepreneurs and don't quote me on this because she did not cite a source in this episode, but she was saying that most small business owners are charging four times less than what they should be. Just across the board. If you have a small business, you're most likely charging four times less than what you should be. And that kind of shocked me, but not at the same time, because it's a really large number. But then when I was thinking about like, well, you know, all of the piano teachers that I've worked with and that I've talked to, yeah, that sounds about right. Actually, um, that's pretty spot on. Now, I will just say one last thing on this point. I've never encountered a piano teacher that tells me their rate and I'm like impressed by how high it is or surprised by how high it is. And people share with me how much they charge all the time because that's something obviously we talk about in business coaching. Uh, and that's also something that people just share with me, you know, when we're having conversations in direct messages and things like that. Um, I've never been shocked or surprised, which means that out of all of the teachers that have shared their rates with me, not one of them has been charging such a high, high amount that it's been surprising. So um, number two, 
you can add group classes. Now, don't turn off the podcast <laughs> and don't immediately jump to a conclusion about what this means. Because I think oftentimes people hear group classes and they immediately think about being in a large space with a lot of keyboards teaching a lot of children. And while that is one version of how group classes can look, I think that there are a lot of other ways that this can look. So let me give you some examples. You could take your current students right now and you could either raise your rates and add some additional monthly group classes into what they're getting in their package, or you could offer them an add-on to their current package of like, maybe they're taking private lessons and you offer them that for X amount a month, they can also tack on these group classes. Now it doesn't matter if your studio is um, in person or if it's online, these group classes can be online because that automatically takes away the issue of you needing more space or you needing more keyboards. Now, these group classes could be something, you know, where you teach additional pieces, but get creative with it. These group classes could also be on completely different topics like technique or music history or deep dives into music theory. Um, these classes could be piano parties where everybody just comes together and it's like a less formal performance, you know what I mean? Where like they get a chance to practice every month, getting used to performing so that when they do the recital, it's not just a twice a year kind of thing. There's so many ways that you could do this. You could be doing one-off workshops that you offer to get new students where maybe, you know, once a quarter or even once a year, you do like a piano party and every single person in your studio brings a friend to the class or to the workshop. And it's just fun music games. There's so many different ways that you could do this. And if you don't immediately shut off the idea of doing group classes, then you start to open your mind of like, okay, well, how could I make this work? What could I do that could be valuable? I'll give you one example. Um, back in 2020, I raised my rates significantly. I almost doubled my rates. And one of the things that I did along with that rate raise was I, I did a few things where I added value to what the students were getting. And one of the things that I did was I added a monthly group class and it was optional. Like attendance was not required, but it was something that they were already paying for. And I would alternate topics. So sometimes it would be a performance class. Sometimes it would be a music history. Sometimes it would be technique or whatever it was that I felt like they needed. And it was a huge success. People came, they were excited to be there. It was a different format. It gave students a chance to meet each other because sometimes piano lessons can be a little bit solitary, especially if you're just doing one-on-one -on -one lessons. So group classes, think about it. Don't shut down the idea. Think about how you could do it. Do you actually have to have a lot of pianos or could you do group classes where, you know, the topics aren't revolving around people sitting at a piano? Do you actually have to have more space in your studio or in your home? Or could you do these group classes outside in the summer or at the local library or at a church or somewhere else? Could you do them online? There's a ton of ways you can make this work. All right. Number three, um, the third way that you can increase your income right now is to get paid for what you already recommend. And this is something that I didn't learn about until I started doing a lot more online with my YouTube channel and stuff. Um, but well, that's not totally true. There was one version of me learning about this a long time ago, but let me give you a couple of examples. So when I was in college, I taught piano lessons and there was a local music store in the town where I lived and where I went to school. And when you would go into the music store and you'd say, okay, I'm a teacher, like I'm looking for books for my students, they would automatically sign you up for their teacher discount program. And what they did, and this was a long time ago, is they would give you 10% off on anything that you bought. 
But what they told you, and this was the instructions of the owner of the music school, he was like, I'm going to give you 10% off and I want you to charge your students full price for the books. So, you know, regardless of if you're doing like a materials fee or if you're buying books and you're invoicing students for the books on their monthly tuition, it doesn't matter how you're doing it. You are getting 10% off, but you're charging your students the full amount. I thought it was really weird when he first said it. And honestly, like the idea, I was like, Ooh, that feels icky. And he went into further explanation. He was like, teachers give so much time. They give so much energy. You drove yourself to the music store. You paid for your gas in your car to be here at the music store. And you put a lot of thought into picking out these books. And now you're also going to deliver them by hand to your students and you're going to teach them and put a lot of thought and care into how you do that. You deserve that 10% for the effort, the time, the gas money, all of that. And I was really grateful for that music store owner because I had never thought about it that way. And I was like, okay, I, I can get on board with that. And so I took his advice and I did it. And I told my students that that's what I was doing. And I, I told them that they could go get the books themselves or that I would get them. Um, and they all chose for me to get them because it saved them time. It saved them energy. So that's one example of how this worked for me in the very beginning stages of teaching. Another way that you can do this is with affiliate marketing. So for example, uh, sheetmusicplus.com has an affiliate program. And what that means is that you can sign up to be an affiliate and anytime you're recommending a book to someone or you're sending someone a link to buy books, you will essentially get a little percentage back. Now, let me just say, music books are not expensive. So you're, it's not like you're getting dollars and dollars back. You're getting a couple cents here and a couple cents there. But depending on what you do with those affiliate marketing links, like if you decide to start a YouTube channel or you you really go all forward on your Instagram and you end up recommending products that lots of people buy, then that marketing, that affiliate marketing amount can definitely add up. But it's a similar concept of like, if you're going to be sending your students links to books anyway, you're going to be taking the time and the energy to find the books, create the links, write the email, send it to the students. You deserve to be compensated for that. So affiliate marketing is a great way to do that. And the other thing that you can think about is, you know, it's not, in this day and age, I don't know if you're still driving to a music store to get books for your in-person students. It might be more sending them links online, but if you are buying books for your students and giving them to them or sending them links, like you are also paying for your Amazon Prime membership or the shipping from Sheet Music Plus or whatever it is. So there's a lot of costs with literal costs and then also the cost of time associated with um, the books and supplies that you provide for your students. So affiliate marketing is a great way to do that. Amazon does it as well. Um, a lot of websites do it. You just have to look for it and you just have to kind of research it and see what it's all about and see how to get signed up. All right, the fourth way that you can increase your income now is to put on musical events and or classes slash workshops in the public. Okay, so we talked about group classes kind of for your existing studio. And this would be similar where they could be group classes, but it could also be like little recitals or little performances or open mic nights or opportunities for other people outside of your studio to perform. And um, a couple of examples of this would be so you yourself personally, or getting a group of students together to put a recital on at like an assisted care facility. And this is something that I used to do all the time as a volunteer. So once a year, I would have one of my recitals take place at an assisted living facility. And it was something that I would do for free because it was really good for the students to perform in a different place. And it was really just a positive experience for everyone around, generally speaking. Um, but often when I would call around to find different assisted living places to do these recitals at, they would ask, how much do you charge? Like, how much are you going to charge us to bring in your studio and to do these recitals? And that was always shocking to me because I had never thought to charge 
for something that I was doing for my students anyway, like for putting on a recital. Um, but I, I, and I didn't end up charging for my student recitals, but I did go in myself and play and, and get groups of friends and play several, you know, like hour long concerts or hour long background music and get paid to do that. And so that's something that you can do either yourself with a group of colleagues or potentially with like a group of your older students or your students that are more advanced. Um, and that's a great way to make more money. Um, you can also think about continuing education classes for adults. And this is something that I would recommend that you check your local library or your local community college for. Um, I know that one of the community colleges here where I live, they have these evening, they're generally evening classes, but anyone in the community can like sign up to teach a class. And you have to, of course, like have a syllabus of what the class is going to be, but then, you can teach a class and it's a part of their continuing education program for adults. And as long as people sign up for the class, you get to run the class and you get paid to teach the class. And so that's a great way that you could also put on classes or workshops um, in a little bit of an unconventional way beyond your studio, right? So you could be reaching adults in the community. Now, the other awesome thing about group classes that I touched on in point number two and this point that I'm talking about right now is that it's also great now it's great networking and it's great marketing, right? Like if you're teaching classes out in the public and you're teaching classes to adults, maybe you're doing a music history class at your local community college and you have a couple of history buffs and a couple of just music enthusiasts, enthusiasts, excuse me, sign up to take this class. Also, those people are going to know who you are. They're going to know that you're a piano teacher and they're going to know you. And so they're going to recommend you or they're going to think of you when they're looking for piano lessons for their kids or when they hear that a friend is looking for piano lessons. And so not only is a great way to make more money now. It's also a great investment in your future and in marketing and networking for the future. All right. The fifth way that you can increase your income now is to start to create online courses, programs, or content in some capacity. Now, this is a little bit of a longer game, right? It's a little bit of a longer strategy because generally speaking, if you like were to start a YouTube channel today, you're not going to be making money from your YouTube channel today. YouTube will not be paying you because there's a monetization process and it takes a little while of creating content before you gain the following and before you actually can get monetized. However, YouTube can get you new clients. YouTube can act as free advertising for your studio. And so um, creating online courses, programs, or content is a really, really great long-term strategy to make more money. And anytime you show up and you do the thing, whether it's record another video for your online course or record another video for your YouTube channel, you're making an investment in the future of your business. Now, there are some ways that you could do this and get paid more immediately. Um, some examples would be like, there are two websites that I know of, there's tons more, but two that come to mind are Coursera and Udemy. Those are websites that are cool because they eliminate the need for you to market. So those are websites where like there are online courses and <clears throat> because they're websites where people come specifically to search for online courses, you're automatically going to show up when people come to that website and look for piano classes or music classes. And so that's a great way if, if you want to make money a little bit more immediately, I would say as a longer term business strategy, I have not heard of someone doing that and making tons and tons and tons of money on that. But for a more immediate way to make money, you could use a website like Coursera or Udemy. Um, another thing that you could do is consider creating resources for other teachers. And especially if this is something that you're already doing, like if you're creating your own worksheets or your own like materials for summer camps or materials for lessons, 
put them online and market them on a site like Teachers Pay Teachers, where you can actually sell those to other teachers that might benefit from them as well, or might be trying to look for something that you're already creating. Of course, you can go the route of creating your own courses and your own programs. And that's a really great long-term strategy that involves a little bit more strategy. Uh, that's a topic for another episode. Um, and in fact, DM me on Instagram if you would like that as a topic for another episode, because that would be a really great topic to dive into of like how to get started online um, with your own thing, whether that's a YouTube channel or Instagram or your own course or something like that. I can definitely do an episode on that, but DM me and let me know if you would like that. That wraps up the five ways that you can increase your income right now. Now, I hope that you got some nuggets out of this episode. I know there were a lot of a lot of ideas here, and I would be really curious to know if you have other ideas. But this was by no means a comprehensive episode. I did not cover every single way that you could go out and make more money right now in your studio. Um, but that is those are five ways that you can um, get started maybe today or tomorrow. So if you're trying to increase your income, I urge you to, first of all, keep an open mind and not make up reasons why those things won't work for you. So this might've happened if you heard something like per perhaps you heard like start a YouTube channel and you're like, Ooh, I could never do that. You know, for X, Y, and Z, I don't know technology very well. I don't have the equipment. That sounds like a big time commitment. The learning curve is so high. It wouldn't even be worth it for me to learn how to do it. Whatever the excuse is, or the story is that came up for you immediately when you heard some of those things, I want you to just investigate that. Right. And ask yourself if that's true, ask yourself if it's true, if you couldn't do it, ask yourself if it's true, if it would take you too long to figure it out or if you couldn't learn how to do it. And just try to keep an open mind because when your brain immediately shuts down an idea, it, it, it kind of makes you forget about it, right? Like you don't have to think about that idea, your brain shut it down and it goes away. If you keep an open mind and just maybe listen to that episode again or write down those five things I suggested and instead of immediately writing them off, just start to ask yourself like, would that be possible? How much time would that actually take? Is that something I could do? And when you leave your mind open, you will be shocked and pleasantly surprised at what starts to fill in, like what inspiration hits and what ideas you have. So I encourage you to do that, to keep an open mind and to just really let yourself explore those ideas, even if you ultimately end up deciding that they're not for you. Um, the practice of keeping an open mind and not immediately deciding that something's not for you is a really good business practice. All right, folks amazing to be here with you. I hope that you have a great rest of your week. Go ahead and use that link in the description in the show notes to join the free Facebook group. If you're not in there already, we can discuss more on this subject. And I would love to hear if you choose one of these ideas and implement it, you can post about it in the Facebook group or message me on Instagram. I would love to hear if you had any takeaways. And lastly, I did want to share with you one thing. So I've been getting a couple more reviews for the podcast. And I'm actually going to pull one up here on my phone right now because I got one just the other day and I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't, this just made me light up. Um, someone wrote the other day, Ashley's advice has been so spot on and valuable for my piano teaching business. Unlike so many other music business gurus that give me the ick, she is so genuine and sincere in everything she does. You won't regret listening to this podcast. And I just want to thank the person that wrote that. If you're listening, um, it really means a lot to me. And that's probably one of the best compliments I've ever received that my advice is genuine because that is what I try to do. I try to show up here and provide you with things that will help you. I try to provide value in every single episode so that you can walk away with inspiration, feeling excited, feeling ready to grow your business and ready to change your life. 
So thank you so much for taking the time to write that. And if you wouldn't mind taking a minute to rate and review the podcast, share it with a friend, share it with a group of piano teachers. It really, really, really helps me out to get this word out to more people. You're amazing. I hope you have a fantastic week. I will talk to you all soon. Hey there. Thank you for being here. I love connecting with you every single week. And one of my favorite parts of connecting with you is actually getting to know you. I created a free community for business-minded piano teachers to come together every single week, connect and learn even more tangible strategies for business streamlining and scaling. You can join using the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to get to know you.